Hello and welcome to the Euphoria Podcast ASMR special. Oh my god, I didn't know we were going to do this. I didn't tell you, I didn't warn you. I just got goosebumps. I know. This is uh, episode four. We're just back from a week break and we're taking things very easy. And I'm not sure how he's going to audio balance this, so we're going to swap back to normal voices. And I encourage you to lower your volume if you're uh, listening to this with headphones. Okay. Okay, wait. Okay. (laughs) Okay, okay, we're back. Uh, Euphoria is episode four. Um, We're getting ready for uh, week four of the LEC after our week break away. I hope everyone had a nice time. Um, I'm Draco's Cadrill. As per usual, we're available on YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. The internet. The internet. We're on the, the internet. Wonderful world of We're, the internet. We, there's a way to consume this content if you are willing to find it, and there's multiple ways. Um, but yeah, we had a week off. Uh, it was. Do you consume if you listen? I mean, you're still consuming content. I mean, yeah, like, but consume what, how... is to eat, isn't it? I know it's the right way of saying it, but it just makes me wonder, you know. So what? Like you're. So if I watch, does it not consuming? What's what's your line? Do you for wa- con- yeah, watch, consume. Do you consume okay. TV? Huh. Huh. Um, sorry if you're not a native English speaker. Don't ever use this podcast as a reference for anything. No, no, don't ever. Uh, I'm not even British at this uh, point. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, this On this episode, we're going to talk about week three, which was two weeks ago now. So we're going to recap some of the big moments, right. some of the things that we were excited about, interested in, as well as look internationally, as Cadrill has been um, co-streaming for the past week. We'll also look forward ahead towards week four. You were all kind enough to talk about on Twitter with me, what you'd love to hear us talk about. And so that makes it easy because we're kind of, I'll be honest, we're coming in from vacay. Cajal's been in the world of LCK LPL. I've been in the world of watching other esports, basically. So Apex Legends. Apex Legends, CSGO, Valorant is starting. A lot happened last weekend. A lot. This F1. last weekend was insane. F1, so many events, sporting or esporting, were going yeah. on. Um, so if you are just an LEC fan, in general, I'd say, hey man, branch out because there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff out there. Yeah, the CS:GO content absolutely killing it right now. I think it's cool. We're gonna mm-hmm. take ideas from them. Don't tell ESL. Yoink! Yoink! No shame, no shame. You know. Yeah. Uh, no, it all happened. There was a lot of good LPL games, a lot of good LCK games. Um, yeah. I saw some Chem Tank Cogmos. Uh, we'll get into that later on, but I'll leave that as a little teaser oh. title for when we talk oh, about God. the international. Uh, the F1 race, yeah. Um, yeah. What did you do in your break? Other um, than watch things, just chill out? Yeah, so for those who don't know, I'm an, I'm an esports uh, couch surfer at the moment because my bathroom is getting remodeled, which mm. is obviously like, you know, to get a bathroom remodel in this very day. Adult. Just, very adult and also very position of privilege. So I'm not complaining too much because it's a nice position to be in. And But uh, with Aphia in Cologne, I've been living at Aphia's house and taking care of her Shocks. cat. Shocks. Yeah. Um, and that's been pee chill. To be honest with you. Guys, I'll tell you, we were in the caster room and uh, a package arrived for Dracos and it was like a radiator. Uh, radiator valve. Radiator valve. And he was so excited. He's like, yes, I got my radiator valve. And Fuck that's yeah. when I knew like, that's a, that's adulting right there. Like, that's adulting When right you're there. excited to get a radiator valve, just to get everything sorted. Well, okay. To be clear, I'm not that boring. No, no, no. I'm you not saying you're, I never say you're boring. I'm, I'm just I'm saying not, that's I what. I still am excited about other things. It's just that that means the job can continue on time and I don't yeah. have to pay the contractor more money. So that's yeah. like, you know, those are the little things. But I will agree that my life and what has what brings me joy has shifted immensely. If you had told 18-year-old me that I was going to be excited about a valve showing up on time. Same. I'd be like, God damn. Dude, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Why, 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 why would I really care about that? No, but I'm in the same boat. I ordered two fans, an air purifier. Hell yeah. Adulting. So adulting. Bam, bam, bam. It's a hot summer. It's very hot. It's heating up. Drink water. The good news is, while it's heating up on the uh, temperature climate side, 
Uh-huh. I don't know how I'm swinging in this You're one. You're transitioning here Tasteful somehow. here. Yeah. Uh, it's cooling down on the bet resolution side because Ooh, XL like Cold that. Open is the XL song that I've been promising you all for so long. It's Turbo Scuffed, but it is coming um, week five. Week so we five. recorded it today. It'll be ready yep. for week five. So brace yourselves for that. Additionally, week one, while I was gone, there was another bet made here mm-hmm. uh, in weird boomer fashion, the ice bucket thing, I think. I Can you explain whose idea it was. It's Basically, for sure. Vedi came up with the idea of uh, let's all predict our top three by the end of week three because the end of the split could be a bit easier. But first few uh, first three weeks are complete psycho fest. No one knows where anyone's going to be. Yep, except for Yamato. Um, except for Yamato, who, who of course had right. in, inside scrim information. But we won't really talk about that much because we're not so, so losers here. Uh, so me and Vedi lost. Um, Yamato got it exactly right. Fnatic, Rogue, and XL in the top three. So it means that me and Betty, 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 me and Vetti have to get in a bathtub mm-hmm. full of ice in the summer, hopefully outside, hopefully live or somehow. I'm not sure how we're going to film it. Well, we haven't figured that out yet, but but the the bet has been resolved in the sense that we know who the losers are. Because again, yep. reminder, top three teams after week three, Yamato had Rogue, Fnatic, XL. Uh, everyone had Rogue and Fnatic, but then Cajal had Vitality and Vetti had Mad Lions. So in the end, Yamato Supreme, not even an Excel streamer slash content creator, and he predicted Excel. You're Doubt out here it. predicting Vitality. Yeah, no, I don't know why. I, I had faith in the Haru, in the Haru machine, mm. but it's let me down. Vitality has always let me down. I think, you know, if they don't make worlds, I think we should write a song about Vitality, honestly, because... I'm not promising to write songs no, no, anymore. No, no, I'm not promising, but like, dude... <laughs> it puts if, me in difficult if situations. I, if Vitality don't make worlds, then I feel like it's such a letdown this year. Bro. Um, but, okay, so let's transition then to week three, because a lot happened in week three, and it might feel very far away for a lot of you. Um, there were still some insane games this week, but the good news for Vitality is that while... Overall, I think the sentiment around Vitality is this like unease and this like almost meh. Like you you tried so hard to believe in them in spring with the and super got so team, far, and it just it never never didn't matter. Yes, exactly. Uh, they in had the to end, fall to lose it to all. lose it all. Certainly, uh, the question is: in the end, will it even matter? Uh, and the good news is, last week or week three in this case, clean-ish two zero. Yeah, two zero at the end of the day, all that really matters. And I think that. While I do not believe at this moment in time that Vitality will make um, worlds, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's a bit of a stretch at this stage. I do believe that they're continuing to ramp up and that they will be a much more competitive team than they were Hmm. in the previous seasons. And just to contrast this to how we were feeling last week, it was like, are Astralis going to be the team beating Vitality out of playoffs? playoffs. But but, but Astralis has been... uh, They're on a three-loss streak now, ending that week. And coming into this week... it's hard like they play against xl they play against mad not to get too far ahead of ourselves but i'm the brief glimmer of hope that we had for the the to the stars boys is is fading now i would still love to see them continue to improve but our top six is so friggin' tight right now it's stacked as hell yeah it really is you've got xl rogan fanatic all tied for first i don't know what the head to head is but that's basically where they are scoreline wise yep Mad on the rise, G2 slumping a bit, but they'll bounce back, uh, we, we expect, in playoffs especially. Yep. And Vitality showing that they're the clear sixth best team. I mean, their, their Astralis game was the decider of that in week three. Yep. Um, did look a little bit hairy in the early game, where um, Astralis had like this insane teamfight comp and they were getting kills, but eventually they just looked incredibly dominant uh, and they closed it out, um, Vitality. So yeah, I mean, I would say overall, still a lot to wait and see from Vitality. Quite a weak weekend, I'll say. Week three, Astralis and SK. You know, the SK game was a stomp. 
um, from 20 minutes onwards. And, 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 the, the, and to be clear, the Astralis game, yeah, cleanish was the wrong word, messy-ish. The uh, the Astralis game, I was surprised when Astralis couldn't do more, but... I think Alfari kind of solo carried Alfari did a shitload of work. Flame Horizon, as kind of, to be fair, you expect Yeah, because the Orn's and, giving and up Nar waves. versus Orn, and Orn just did not get to farm. And that was the thing about um, Astralis. Is credit to Astralis because they play a very active early game of League of Legends. Mm. And Vizichachi is very willing to sacrifice himself, which meant that early game, if you were just looking at the kill score, you were probably like, damn, Astralis out here kicking ass. And then yep. you check the goal and you're like, oh, well, they're actually like a thousand gold down despite having way more kills and in theory doing way more across the map just because vitality is farming better across their lanes and um you know just getting more more gold um yeah no i think the the astralis comp was actually pretty good i feel like astralis has shown us some really nice comps and the yours vex was like the one thing that was consistent throughout spring that he actually pulled out and there was like points in the game of 20 minutes where astralis had full control of topside river and they had like this insane teamfight comp and it always made you wonder if they're actually just going to win the game um, but in the end, yeah, Vitality managed to clutch it out on this like mid-engage where Astralis went too deep, then Vitality punished, then they got Nash, and then from there, it's like you have that split push Nar who's just taking over. So um, quick touch on that game. But yeah, I just want to go back to one thing you said about our top six, because I've been a caster now for... How long have I been a caster for? Five years, this six is million the months. The fourth split. Fourth so split, yeah. just, like, just under two years now. And I think this is probably the closest the top six ever been from my outside perspective. You know, as a player, I never really paid attention. Yeah, because I just, just watch yeah. whoever wins. Um, but now from the outside, it's it's definitely a a clear step above the bottom four, um, and I really don't know what to think about it. Is it the one hand of wow, our top six is stacked? That's awesome going into playoffs and worlds. We're gonna have excitingly close games, games, or is it damn, we don't have a clear favorite? How are we gonna do internationally? I am. Should I be worried? You know, because I look at uh, LPL, uh. right? I look at LPL. V five, incredible. Top esports, incredible. Right? JDG and RNG, they've had their moments and stuff like this. EDG on the rise. Lots of other teams, uh, but there is still a couple of clear favorites, right? V five is undefeated. You go to LCK. Genji and T1, clear favorites. You know, DRX, Damwon, struggling a bit. Sandbox on the rise, surprising. But it, in essence, there is these two teams that stand out the most above the rest. Uh, and yeah. I feel like to, to me, in our league, right now, if you were to tell me right now, if I was to just look at you in the eyes and you just look at me and I say, tell me two, two teams that stand out right now in Europe. It's hard. I mean, it's hard. I, I think it's Fnatic and XL. Yeah, I mean, Rogue's on a five-game winning streak, which yeah. is impressive. And this is, keep in mind, week four is the end of the first uh, round robin. So everyone will have played everyone by this weekend. Um, so people have varying schedules. But I'm, I mean, I'm with you. I think that this is an insanely, what feels like an insanely tight top six. And it is sadly not as simple as being black or white. Like, is this a bad thing for EU or is this a good thing for EU? Because the good news is domestically, when competition is tight, teams usually uh, improve very rapidly. But it also usually means that there's our ceiling probably isn't as high as it would have been. Because again, when you look back to the great years that we have, it's, it is usually two teams standing above the rest. Usually it's a Fnatic and G2. Uh, you know, it was Mad Lions and Rogue last year. And usually it's those two teams like leading the pack and all the other teams learning from them. And instead we have this giant mess, which means that playoffs is going to friggin' slap. But playoffs is going to be sick. But when it comes to beating yeah. international teams, the average level of a playoffs team in EU I don't think has ever been enough to take down world's contenders. You've always needed that team that's like a goes super saiyan, mm. you know. You say that it's interesting because even like 2019 summer, yeah, G2 Fnatic went to five games. They sure, looked twice. neck yeah. and neck going into that tournament. Yeah, uh, and then G2 were the ones who went all the way to the finals. 
G2 went all the way to the finals. And um, obviously, no, that was just a good year for Europe generally, though, because Splice was a team that we didn't expect to do anything, and they managed to make it out of groups. Yep. Um, all so, teams got out. So we can, we can and probably will be surprised by some of the representatives that we send that we expect less from. But I'll say that um, looking at MSI, looking at eu and the lec as it stands now i i don't think you should be like devastated like oh we're doomed but i would say that it is not as easy as it was in 2019 yeah. even 2020 to be like we are sending teams that are going to make a mark and are Golden going to have caliber. you know like are really gonna especially in a world where like you know lck and lpl are getting like four seeds um and again i do not don't know entirely how the world seeding is working out or is going to work out um again given um the ever-changing global situation between COVID restrictions varying from country to country, visas being hard to get, and um, obviously the ongoing conflict mm. um, in Ukraine. Like, it's, it's hard to say how many representatives from each region and which regions are and aren't going to be able to show up. We just got to see the BCS at, um, at MSI for, like, the first time in years. So assuming all seating goes to plan, right, and, like, we get representatives as it's supposed to be, it's still really rough. What scares me is if seeds start dropping, then it's like if if LCK gets another seed, is that a thing that could happen? If VCS gets another seed, I'm like, I start to sweat depending on where those like extra slots get allocated if yeah. someone is unable to attend. Yeah, um, definitely. And we'll have to see how that unfolds. But I, I think the main thing that I want to hit on here is right now, it looks like EU is weak or almost like a clusterfuck region with these teams just being so close in skill. Yeah. But by playoffs, it should iron out. We will have eventually clear favorites towards the end of the split because I've spoken to a lot of pros right now and they, they have embraced it and they say, yeah, everyone's kind of bad right now, you know? Yep. Um, well, the word bad is, is used so loosely because everything's relative, right? Uh -huh. um, their definition of bad is not contending like a top four at Worlds, right? I would suppose, or a top eight at Worlds. Or, um, or even like sloppy. Because like teams will, when they go on break and they come back, it takes time to get your fundamentals yeah. back. It takes time to be playing on the same page. New people get to understand the macro of the game better. And if your team's behind that curve, they're going to say they're playing bad. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting one because everything's relative with the word bad. And EU right now is, I'm not trying to inject hopium into the fans' ears here, right? I'm just basically being clear and saying LPL and LCK teams just look like they've come out the gates a bit more swinging. Like V5, yeah. I've watched almost all their games. They look incredible. Even with a sub-jungler, sub-mid, uh, coming in they looked absolutely untouchable now rookie and cars is back they look even phenomenal again like mm -hmm. fantastic uh, but if you were to tell me to look at an ac team that looks fantastic it's very hard right because everyone's so neck and neck so i think by the end of the split it'll iron out we will have those clear favorites just we come out of the gates a lot slower and there's a lot of sloppy issues which teams need to fix and now you might be wondering like well they've had all this time you know it's spring then they had pre-screams before summer what do they need to iron out what are these big issues that they need to fix to make sure um they're, they're like teams like V5, for example, Rogue and Fnatic and G2. Well, it's, it's complicated because these issues can't be fixed overnight because they need to be fixed. It's almost like habits in your brain, you know? Mm -hmm. You have to iron out habits in your head to make sure that you don't do things subconsciously or you don't autopilot at certain times. You yeah. have to constantly think about things that you've been now ingrained in your head to well, actively think about. Also, in the defense of pro players, like the durability patch changed so much. Like mm. early game is so different now because it was dive, dive, dive city. In, uh, and pre, it's, it's interesting because LPL is still Dive City, right? There are still teams who are four-man diving bot, three-man diving bot, and it's working. Like right? the the towers are strong, yes, but 
all they've done is they've got better at juggling. Honestly, I've seen, seen dives where jungle support AD get on get out of the tower with less than 15% HP, but they get a kill or a double kill and they deny the wave. So, yeah. and EU hasn't made that step to those risky dives yet from what I've seen. Um, LSK hasn't delved into that realm too much yet, but they've delved into the scaling realm of like Seraphines and Lulus and Cogmores we've seen last weekend. Um, LPL is diving into the, we will keep diving you. And if you look at the mid pool, right? Rookie's champion pool since he came back. back he's played four games. He's played three games of Talia and one game of Lissandra. What's he doing every game? He's roaming to sides and just diving everyone. Yeah. Um, EU hasn't found the middle ground yet. It feels like uh, the middle ground. Sorry, it feels like they're in the middle. They're they're playing a little bit of scaling. Things like Seraphine we've seen. Uh, we've seen a little bit of Corky still and stuff like this. And they're playing a little bit of roaming, like Niski on the Lissandra in the Mad Lions game against Misfits, where he's top bot, top bot, top bot, yep, dive, 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 dive. And there's no decision on, as to which direction either team's going because they play both. Yeah. Um, and I think that the heavy hit for EU and EU fans is when you come into the tournament, you both know both these region styles and you come in with a sucker punch of just something completely different that they've never seen. Um, so yeah, Europe's just unfolding a lot slower than other regions, I think. And I feel like that's why we haven't got a clear favorite because we haven't seen a team with a clear style. Yeah, we're definitely waiting for it. And I think that summer... Well, okay, so seasons in general, I think are so interesting. And we're kind of, we're going a lot into this topic specifically, so I don't want to stay too long here, but... yeah. It's always interesting because very often my experience in seasons is there's going to be some teams that hit the ground running. Excel, again, is a team that you expect to hit the ground running because they went to Korea. They had this big boot camp. Yep. Uh, BDS also had a big boot camp. Sadly, it didn't work out. But usually at the halfway point is where that momentum starts to fade away. And you start to see the teams who are get rewarded for more innovation, get rewarded for being creative and adapting on the fly. Because not only do you have new patches coming in, but the meta, uh, the existing meta and the durability patch is going to get more figured out. And the teams that had all of this sick practice and all of this thing, that edge that they kind of got themselves, mm -hmm. um, that kind of starts to fade away as either other teams pick that stuff up or as uh, if that's the positive is other teams picking stuff up. That. And the negative side of that can often be teams reverting back to older practice habits because they're no longer playing uh, in a region that is as, I don't know, dope as uh, Korea. Yeah, and there's also things like tendencies from last split which you need to change. Like yeah. I was talking a little bit about those habits, right? A tiny example, right? This is no shade to Maring, is he's playing Jarvan. Yeah. Into Ari, Wukong, Zeri, Rakan. Absolute, right? absolute wild, man. Um, and I mean, they won. They won the game, sure. D exactly. But yeah. If you go into an international event against a team like T1 or Damon or anything like this, and you're playing, or DRX, uh, Genji, and you're playing this kind of comp in this meta, it's you're you're playing too much comfort. You're not playing too enough meta and enough mm -hmm. like different styles and i feel like that's just an example i'm sure he's playing other champions but that's just an example of when jungles are banned out and wukong's taken away and you've lost things like i don't know whatever it was banned out volley bear i think was banned now you're going back to jarvan it's, it's kind of like it's a I it's see a red why, flag but it's a red flag in in it's one of those cases where out of 10 games you're gonna lose a lot of them and you're probably gonna win a couple and you got away with that game yes but i think he's gonna reflect him like damn i need to change this champion pool and make sure i'm looking at other junglers rather than just defaulting to these uh, jarvan picks because jarvan was meta in the aphelos jinx meta right yeah. immobile 80, 80 carries incredible um scaling mm -hmm. just pick jarvan ult them get their flash on midwave and then they can't ever walk up but now it's zeri Kalista, esriel yeah. um uh, lucian you can't really pick jarvan I, anymore yeah and i'll just say it's it's a little red flag you know like week three though week three yeah. again uh giving him time to adjust seeing what else is there because obviously in the in the context of the meta uh and the champions that are being picked overall it seems terrible it seems like just not a good choice but in the context of who he is as a player and what he likes to play it can still be good so mm. small red flag 
something to keep your eye on, but definitely not like we don't need to, he won with it. He made it work, but definitely something that we can imagine wouldn't fly as we get to bigger international competition. Can I talk a tiny bit more about other regions before we move on? I, maybe this was for later on in the show, but I've already brought it up. So no, I mean, I just, just bring it up. Yeah, yeah. Talk, um, say, say what else you want to say. So obviously Europe's had a break, NA's had mm-hmm, a break, but mm-hmm. who hasn't had a break is LCK and LPL. So yeah. I'm just going to give... Um, Everyone at home, a quick rundown of things that maybe we should keep our eye on for this weekend. Because Talia, I've already talked about it, Rookie's, yep. rookie's flavor of the month. He loves Talia. And there's a couple of different styles going on in the LPL. For example, Top Esports, who are incredible as well. I think Knight and Rookie are the two best mids right now in the LPL. They are showing the hell up. Um, Top Esports have this weird drafts where you have to ban Silas against them, which is odd. But the reason is Knight will first rotate Silas, no matter what. He doesn't care what's open. Right now, the mid-meta in LPL and bans you'll see are Ari, Corky. Because mm-hmm. if you ban Ari on blue side, that means you want to first pick Corky, right? Because it counters it. So then you ban Corky. And then Lissandra is the only other ban because people like yeah. to blind pick that and it's really good engage. But Silas is an incredibly strong blind pick right now in the LPL. Uh, we saw it a little bit in the LCK. Maybe that's going to be picked up. Um, if you've been watching the LCK as well, there was Kogmo Lulus. Uh, Deft was playing Chemtank Kogmo. Um, he sold it eventually and bought, I think he bought Gale Force. Uh, there was a lot of question marks around his build. I don't know what the hell was going on. Skipped Hydra, all this stuff. So weird, weird metas going on. Hecarim, also pretty strong champ. Yeah. Uh, and the last one I'll touch on is Nar. Um, a lot of controversy around Nar. Even I was quite skeptical of the Nar pick around week two. But I've watched so much Nar now that I think it's actually just super OP. Um, because right now, top lane blind picks are really hard. Other than yep. GP... Nar is the only other blind that you can really pull out uh, because blinding things like Kale is so difficult. Orin gets countered as well unless you're playing for team comp. And I think in the Asian regions, they value lane phase very highly. Uh, and when I see T1 first pick Nar in their series, I knew that this champ must be strong. Uh, and if you watch Zeus, he can play any side of the Nar matchups. Yeah. Nar into GP, Kale, whatever it is. Wins lane, insane team fight, um, always has side push. It's almost like that blind pick that covers everything. Uh, and the old school counters to Nara Jace, but Jace obviously got hit a bit, and then the durability patch has made it so it's quite hard to play. Ooh, or um, the or the turbo degen counters like Yasuo or Aurelia, but those are both so volatile that yeah. it's like you need a really good Aurelia player. Now there are some Aurelias in the LPL that can play it. Um, I can't remember exactly who it was. I think it was Wayward who picked Irelia and had an insane yeah. game into Nar. So Irelia works, Yasuo works, but it makes it so volatile. And then the last one is Kennen, who used to counter Nar. Season yep. six, seven, Memor, Smeb, things Ooh, like but this. like durability patch, Kennen. Exactly. Ugh, and ugh. the fact that um, mid right now is so scaly or yep. roamy, you don't really want a mage. Like, <laughs> list, like if I was... Te- technical term, scaly, yeah, scaly and roamy. It's a scaly roamy meta. Right, if you were playing... <laughs> scaly roamy. If you were playing Lissandra mid... You don't want a cannon top because yeah, you're, yeah. you're doing the same thing, right? The enemy AD carry is going to get cleansed. They're going to have, you're having double AP oh, I mean, solo lanes. Oh, insane Merc Tread value, insane cleanse right? value. So that's why you never really see Lissandra Sejuani on the same team. Uh, again, Sejuani top really meta. So there's just a couple picks you can keep your eye out. Uh, maybe some of the European teams have been playing them as well, but that's where the metas of progression. LPL yep. going towards Silas Rome heavy, LCK going scaly, NAR first pick. So yep. um, yeah, durability and update and patch is still being dissected a bit. I want you to keep in mind that this break week, while um, how teams chose to use this break differed and while most of the broadcast side chose to use it as a full week off, um, a lot of the players that I was talking to are still scrimming and took maybe one extra day off, maybe two extra days off. But keep in mind that while... Um, for us, it felt like a break. And while it's labeled a break week, um, for a lot of the pros, they they kept scrimming. They did not want to take a full week away. They did not want to step away. They wanted to continue working and developing on what they had. And I understand it, it takes time to get back into that mindset. So mm-hmm. teams didn't want to fully give that up. So we might see a ton 
of development in these two weeks. We might see it yeah. in terms of what teams look like, in terms of how teams are going to step up and ramp up, um, especially looking again here at teams like Misfits and G2. Misfits because they had that big win over Mad, which was so big for the team. The team now on a three-win streak. Mm. And the other team is G2, who went 0-2. And I think it's, again, it's best of one. It's a tight top six. It is not the end of the world that G2 went 0-2. But these are teams that I expect like this week and probably the next week will define a lot of what I look at them. I think G2 getting to playoffs is inevitability. But Misfits, if they can continue to ramp up, could could be the person contesting for six, could be the person trying to break in. But yeah. even... But again, that's the could be. They are, been, they are for me the dark horse yeah. um, in this whole race because I do not see it coming from Astralis. SK, BDS. And SK and BDS, I'm sorry, but when you um, you make small adjustments, that's totally fine. But then when you, you come into a split and you are bad and you play bad, that ship rarely gets turned around mid-season. Yep. Usually, uh, in the past, it's been like random midseason player roster swaps, yep. and I hope that um, Jezu is feeling better. Obviously, they did bring in Gadget. That was not a roster swap that they um, mm-hmm. had chosen to do, but there was that was illness, and they did bring Gadget in, and he did okay. But um, yeah, it's just like those teams, I think, are out of contention until proven otherwise. I think Astralis are on the downward trend. I think Misfits are the only ones who might rise up, and I think we're in a situation where Instead of looking at who is going to be making it in the playoffs, we're very likely just to be talking about who's going to secure what seed in the playoffs. Yeah. But it's it's just a tiny touch on BDS and SK. It's quite sad, isn't it? Because BDS had like a horrible split the first three games. And then, well, the horrible, I say, they're, they're competitive against SK, right? They could have stolen that game. But yep. then they beat G2 and they almost beat Fnatic. And then it's just downwards hill. Misfits beat them, XL demolished them. And so that's, that is a good point. They beat G2 and they had that other close game as well. That yeah. is a very excellent point. Because I don't want to say that like, their scoreline is bad and overall their play is not great, but that does not mean that there has but, not been redeeming moments or yeah. things that we can look at because that is unfair to them. I don't want people to think that no, that is the takeaway. I, the reason I was going to say there is I think your point is very valid because I think these teams pick up wins in the early season. They don't pick up wins in the later season when no. other teams get better. They normally pick up wins when there's sloppy gameplay from teams like Fnatic and G2. And you saw it in the, bit in the Fnatic G2 games where there's just lots of sloppiness, unnecessary things happening. Um, and things that just need to be cleaned up going later on in the split. That's where the lower tier teams can claim wins against upper tier teams. So yeah, definitely a struggle for them. Yeah, it's dark times. Again, we will check in on them. We will keep looking at them. We will treat them with the same respect and cast. But when it's this this podcast, this mm. analytical platform, we just get to talk real. about the teams. We don't We're do no real. narrative in here. Well, I mean, there is, there's bit. always a narrative. There's always something we could talk about, SK finding their footing. Like, there's, there's still narrative. There's still talking points there. But when it comes to should like if someone asks me hey i'm gonna bet on bds and sk is that a good idea i'm going to say no no no, no that's not, not a good also idea. one small thing i missed as we're, as we're gonna transition <laughs> to the next thing you this is the one I, more thing podcast yeah, with it Pedro, is, bro. It is. you like you Dude, just have to what my brain i need i haven't had coffee today so everything's oh, yeah. coming in at like yeah, a yeah, 10 yeah. second lag delay you. so me as too, i give too, it to too, you too. it comes back the last thing i'll say is um carrie has been playing leeson yasuo He's been playing Lee Sin bots with Senna, Yasuo bots with Senna. So that's just how the Senna meta is evolving. What I was going to just bring Yasuo up... Yasuo bot gets me going, bro. It does, I right? I love that shit. That's nuts. And I think the biggest reason for that is because Riot went on a break, the patch has been delayed as well. Yep, 12 13 has been delayed by an extra week. So I think 12 12 has been played on for at least three weeks now, coming up to four next week. Um... So they've had a lot of time on this patch, especially with things like Senna, right? I don't know what the 12 13 changes are, but they've had a lot of time to grow. I... This is one thing that I, obviously, we, 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 God, we could, we're kind of, we keep going into these bigger picture conversations, and I think it's just because we're 
Like we're waiting to see week four, and there's probably yeah. not, we've we've processed it's week three. We feel like there's not as much to talk about, and that maybe maybe we can talk more about week three. We have some uh, again some stuff from Twitter that we can talk about later, but I I think it's so interesting because the this conversation comes up in esports all the time with like a uh, game as a service game like um, League of Legends where it's patched like every two weeks versus let's mm-hmm. say. The prime example of Melee, which is Super Smash Bros. Melee, which is just never patched, and the meta evolves anyway. Um, And I think that it is cool to see these little pockets every once in a while because innovation is absolutely rewarded in League of Legends, but not in the same capacity as a game that is, like, patched slower, right? There's a patch on a less regular cadence because this is super cool because this shows us a lot about Carrie. Like, we already knew Carrie was a super creative player, but the fact that when this single patch has continued for a longer period of time that he has not just settled for what felt like a a pretty stagnant meta end of week three for us, but has continued to innovate these Lee Sins, these Yasuos. Um, I love it. Yeah. I love that kind of stuff because that is to me, that's like the part of League of Legends that always really excited me and the part of any esport that really excited me is that like the analytical arms race, like the finding the next counter pick niche matchup thing. Cause that's when you like, that's what I love talking to pros about. Cause that's the thing that they have knowledge that no one else does. It's like, yeah, if you trade like just like this, at level two, you can get this advantage. You can do this thing. Mm-hmm. And I like, that's the stuff that I think is just so fascinating. Yeah. And I love watching a player, especially a player like Caria, bust out something creative like that. And I think the reason you see things like this is because time is so short when it comes to patches, right? You've got two weeks on a patch. Senna yeah. is now meta, okay? You go into your first scrim block, you've got five games. For Europe, it's five games a day. Playing uh, Tom Kench. Right? Senna's, Senna's meta. So now you have to play Senna. In the games that you get Senna and the enemy team doesn't ban it against you, which is OP, so it's banned most of the game. Let's say you get it two, yep. games, two games a day, maybe. And that's if you want to pick it and you don't want to play against it. So I'll say yep. one game a day. Um, you have to practice Senna Tom, right? Because it's the best. And then you see Seraphine, uh, Seraphine Senna. And you're thinking, okay, we need to practice Seraphine Senna now. So in the, in the short amount of games that you have, because duo queues removed as well, you need to practice the things that actually work before going into the things that you think can work, right? Yep. Because you've got a stage game in five days. In five days, you've got six, seven games of Senna. You can't just go to, oh, I think Lee Sin bots can work, you know, because you invest two games into it, doesn't work, and now you have to play Senna Tamkench on stage because you're blue side, right? Um, so if you get three weeks of playing one or two champions, you can really, like, find the limits of it or find picks that work so well with and against it, right? And that's another reason why Worlds is so exciting, other than it just being Worlds, is that obviously we sit on another patch for such a long time. That's where we really get to see creativity come out. Um, a lot of iconic counterpicks throughout the years. Again, the MF Zyra counterpick, um, the yep. MF counterpick into Zyra. Uh, a lot of cool things like that. The and Morgana I, into LeBlanc. Morgana into every LeBlanc. Every couple years we get a new every one. Every couple years. All of G2 2019 MSI, if the whatever we want to call that. I don't even know if we can call that. Like that's just like, Their champion pools were just so all over yeah. the place. Yeah, and uh, just a quick note. I just looked. I had a little sneak peek. You know, when you know, you go into like mm-hmm. you're into it's Christmas. You know, Oof. you go into the living room. You peek over how many presents you got you under the tree. Shake the box a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like, Ooh. That's what I do. I'm shaking the twelve, thirteen box. You know what I'm seeing in there? I'm seeing corky nerfs. I'm seeing Elise buffs. Yes, Elise in the tower dive meta. Ooh, that could be that could be fancy. I haven't read through it all, but there's some fiddlesticks buffs. It looks like as well. The crow storm. Uh, Gwen and Sivir changes, it looks like. Nurse, I saw they put, posted them up today. Actually, I don't know if those are 1213 or 1214, but they're pretty mm. big uh, yeah. adjustments. And then Sivir and Master Yi are getting big changes. Um, Sivir especially. Um, Renekton is getting a bit of a buff. Renekton Elise buff on the same patch. Mm. And then Volibear nerf, it's really broken right now. And Turbo then th- things like Sunderer are getting changed. I think items are what changes the meta a lot because Sunderer yep. right now is really broken. Sunderer Triforce existing enables so many champions. Trundle, Volibear... 
Yeah, it depends. If you're ahead on jungle, you build it. If you're not, you don't, you know. We don't see... I don't want to say it for certain, but we don't see that many Sunderer champs actually in pro play other than if we see the odd Camille every Nar, now and then. Nar built Sunderer uh, when I've already played Nar into a tank matchup. Into tanks. Normally it's Triforce, but into yep. tanks it's Sunderer. Other than that, the junglers are dogs, so they're going full tank. Unless maybe Hecarim's good, I'm not sure. No, Viego builds it, no? What is Viego? Oh, yeah, Viego does he build shield right. now. He yeah. can build shield, but obviously I think he's been building There's Sunderer. A lot he of builds. Builds Sunderer plus usually like tank items. Though, There's a lot of builds on so Viego. Disgusting. You can do Sunderer, Blade. You can do Blade into Sunfire. You can do Kraken Slayer. Sunderer, freaking Death Dance, which is so annoying. Yeah, there's Not a lot that of those goods. items synergize very well, but they're anyway, obnoxious. That nerf makes it so tanks are better, maybe, or some champs can't use it. Changes, so. changes Ch potentially coming, and that's that's yeah. the big thing. Um, let's 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 take to the Twitterverse as we look ahead towards Week Four. Uh, before we do that, quick thoughts: Belveth. We were hyped for her. She was uh, mm. really under. She's crazy strong when you play against her in pro play, or crazy useless. She's a very feast or famine champion in my experience. Yeah. Definitely on the stronger side. Um, but pro play, she honestly just looked like she farms for 18 minutes. I think this is why I just I put her here just so we could say it for all the Belveth fans out there. But she is, to me, yeah. does friggin' nothing 90% of the game. So for context, in the top four regions, right, um, including LCS and LMS, LPL, LEC, LCK, all that stuff, there's been four Belveth games. It's two and two right now in Renate. Uh, Haru won, we saw it in the LEC. He didn't really do much uh, in the early game. Of course you can't. I feel like you need to get the Belveth to the late game or the mid to late game mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and get her heralds and things like this and then she will do the rest for you. Um, but getting her to that point is very difficult. If you watch Canyon's game against DRX, the Belveth could never really do anything. Um, and if you can never really get the ball rolling and you're against a jungler like Trundle, which is what he was against, who's just snowballing every lane and you can't impact your lanes, then your mid game to late game doesn't matter when your team's really far behind, right? So it's... A very risk champ you need early game solo lanes which just isn't the thing right now mm -hmm. um you know it's like a quirky meta ish and then you're pairing you have to pair it with things like lissandra perhaps and it, it's quite a complicated one uh it's a very complicated one because having a scaling jungler in pro play is very difficult because it means contesting early objectives is hard and lanes get to play a little bit more freely because the early game jungler on their team is just having to find you and then can make plays of his own while you're farming um so yeah, yeah, four games have been played. Haru and Kanavi from JDG1. Now, on the Kanavi side, it looks pretty strong. Uh, but Canyon and Xerxes, of course, lost. It feels like a very Feast or Famine-esque champ. If your team's ahead and you're ahead, perfect. If your team's behind and you're behind, not so perfect. But I think that I think I saw that JDG-LNG game, and it was LNG did Baron, and they all died and gave up Nash, and that's how they lost the game. I could be mistaken. I'll check it up while you pick up off this, but I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened, so... Uh, we'll say it's a win, but um, that's probably. I think that's what happened. All right, we'll start with. There's a lot of fun stuff in here, and thank you to all the people who wrote like random fun stuff. Um, but we'll start with some of the more serious ones, and we'll get more more uh, more yeah degenerate. It's gonna go on. Um, we'll start with this hilly Stan who says, "Do you think more bands would be a good addition to pro play, and if so, how many?" Um, this is an interesting question. This is not specifically about this, but I thought we'd start abroad here and we'll get more specific. We have a follow-up one for Excel after this. I would say that I would be curious to change draft um, and experiment with what changing draft looks like. I think draft has been the same way for a very long time. I'm a big fan of a lot of esports, if you know me. I think that um, League of Legends is an interesting game because there's almost always what feels like four mandatory must-be-banned champions. Yeah. Um, and I think that expanding the ban phases would be interesting but the problem is is that most roles champion pools are not big are not big enough 
Mm. And so you end up with this position, I think, where like, let's say we give everybody four bans in the first phase. It's really easy to just completely ban a single player out or a single role out. And yeah. I don't I don't know what the effect is there. I wouldn't mind seeing more split up. So maybe it's like three initially, uh, but maybe there's like two picks on each side and then there's a, like one ban and then one more pick. And then there's like, you, you, you put another ban somewhere in the middle of the draft. I think what you could do is you wouldn't add it to the first or second phase. You'd make a third phase. And what you do is you'd have three bans on either side, three picks, second phase bans yep. uh, of two bands each yep. two one pick each and then a second band, third band. phase bands with one ban each yep. and then four and five that i think could work the problem of adding an extra band in the first phase is four bands each is eight bands yep. and if it's a meta with like lucian zeri um uh Aphelios, um and all this and Callista, and you ban four ads already yeah the thing is if you ban ads they're gonna ban ADs. so what's gonna happen is it's gonna be like six or seven ad bands and then all of a sudden you're just gonna be down to like weird picks which is fun but uh in a small champion pool meta it's very difficult especially yeah. jungle right if you yeah. take jungle right now you ban six seven junglers i don't know what the hell you're playing and it's fun to watch because then you'll see different junglers but also the pros probably don't know how to like play them on stage perhaps the reason you would change draft from an outside perspective not thinking about from the team's perspective so bear with me i might miss something here and if any coach is watching this they can tell us what they think um i think is one to increase skill expression in the draft, to be able to like show more skill in drafting a cool composition, um, and two to probably to like increase champion diversity in pro play and to show more cool champions. But mm-hmm. I think that there's probably a better way to get more champions into pro play than just like throwing two bands into the draft. I don't think it's that simple. Yeah. Um, and to me, yeah, to me the the overall sentiment of the question to me like. Could it be changed? Should you add more bands? Should you change draft? Should you change the way champs are picked in pro play? I think worth exploring. Absolutely. But obviously it's something that has such big ramifications that I would say that like, I don't know. I would want, I would like want to prepare like a presentation and a plan. Yeah. I, I don't think it's something we can just spitball right here. I think one thing that could be cool for a draft. Now it might be a bit more boring for the viewer because it takes longer, but increasing the amount of time you have per pick allows for people to think more outside the box. They only have 30 seconds to pick a champ, right? And in those 30 seconds, like, yeah, just pick me Leeson. But if you have like a 60 seconds a pick, you can really like think like, well, if we do this, they could do this. And then you actually think more about what you're picking well, rather than saying, let's get the OPs. Yeah. So one thing we could implement, and this is something that Dota does. Um, they have a very different draft phase to us. But one thing that they have is they have like a pick timer and then they have a secondary timer behind that. And I don't know what those numbers are. And there are people who are going to watch more Dota than I do. But basically the concept is you have 30 seconds and then you have a two minute or a minute and a half of extra time. And you can use that time anywhere you want. You get 30 seconds as a default for every pick. Any time saved doesn't like go back to your pool or whatever. Yeah. So I've got 30 seconds. Normally you'd say pick Lisa and like, oh, I think we should think about this one more. So they eat into your that's one really minute good. and 30 seconds. So then you get like an extra 90 seconds total over the draft. That's really good because a lot of the times you'll Again, have... Again, making those numbers I've, up, I've had this on stage and I've seen other teams have this on stage where... You don't know what to pick. You have three seconds left and you just go, I'll just pick Comfort. And you just go, just pick me Estriel. Just pick yeah, me Lisa. Yeah. Just pick me this. Just pick me that. And having that moment always either ruins your draft or never really allows you to explore different ways and avenues. And I think if you just have 60 seconds or like 30 seconds and then extra one minute, 32 minutes, you can really just have a discussion rather than like, yeah. in th- 30 seconds goes by really well, quick. If you're like, you think this is good here? Yeah, it could work, but I'm not so sure. The mid-match up depends if they pick this. And then by the time you say that, the next discussion is already basically five, 10 seconds left. Yeah, and I think that the big the big thing there for me is um, the flexibility to put the time where you want to put the time, mm. but also just remembering that like you it, that doesn't completely remove those situations. It just makes sure that like if it's if you're gonna spend 
two minutes picking a pick to end up with being like screw it just pick me comfort then yeah. it's like something you should have prepped better for so it takes it's it's you just see less of those situations overall Do you know what i think league needs wild rift has this in solo queue you queue up you know how you get one three four five you get yeah. randomized where you are yeah so you could be first you could be lost what you can do in wild rift is you can press a button and you can swap where you're picking so if you don't have oh. seraphine and i want seraphine first pick and i'm scared of them getting it we can trade positions in the draft that's sick as and hell. i can first pick my Bro, seraphine we should play wild rift Shit. yeah so that's i think nice. league need to implement this especially in solo key where you're like oh pick me um lucian it's op and he's like i don't have lucian it's my smurf account like, okay swap 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 order with me i'll pick it right especially if you have a mid or a top laner who says i yeah. want last pick and your support is last that's pick, a great way to and they've solve already picked a mumu or something you issues know? without just giving everyone every single champion in ranked i yeah. think that's cool that's i mean really it'll cool. be a bit egregious where people just like randomly like train me train me train me train me you know but i think but you it's just a decline healthy... once and it's yeah. just all it takes it's like yeah. Aram tramp if you can change champs why can't you change pick order right that would be so much more healthy for solo queue. i mean i don't know i assume i don't know maybe they thought about it maybe they haven't i won't i won't speak for that team maybe it's something they're looking at who knows but i like that that's a great idea um let's move on Nelson says, uh, Nelson from Excel. Still yeah. from Excel? Yeah, Nelson. Excel Nelson. Yeah. Nelson saying. Uh, Excel without Marcoon Law. What do you want to hear? What oh, is Excel? I know why they're saying that. Because there was a segment um, on the analyst desk on week three about Excel without Marcoon. And yep. uh, I heard from the Excel boys that Marcoon got a big ego from that. And, like, ah. and he was like, and all the Excel players were like, wait, they're doing this segment? Does that mean Marcoon's carrying us? <laughs> so I think his question there is... Is Marcoon carrying them? I think Patrick's carrying. I think Finn's had some nice team fighting. Mm -hmm. Mickey's mm -hmm. almost like an unsung hero. Yep. Nuke Duck is like... They're a good Nuke all Duck, around you can, team. You can, you can tell him to do anything and he'll do it. Like, you want to play this? You can play that style. You can play this style, that style. He'll do anything you need. I feel like Nuke Duck's such a good guy to have on a team when, like, the team is working well. Because he is that super hyper-flexible player. Yeah, and experienced as hell, right? This yeah. guy, you want Corky? I give you Corky. You want roaming? I give you roaming. Well, I thought he was asking because you were going to try to play a game with Excel because you got those 50k likes or whatever for context cage thing. I was like, I'll play yeah. a game on stage if I get 50k likes. And then he did get 50k likes, and now we're... We'll see if that ever actually happens. I'm not sure. But all I know is that they might have to play a game with... Might not be allowed to, apparently, but we'll see. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I we'll find out. Yeah. For now, I'm going to hold on to my dream of casting you playing on stage again. Oh, dude, you know, if I do play, I think the person whose position I take, like, let's say I play for Marcoon, Marcoon casts with you. That'd be so funny. That would be he so would funny. You so much. No, and you just track like me, or I swap Finn in for Finn, and Finn casts with you. That would yeah. be so funny, I think. Um, Next, blah, 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 blah. Next question. Wow. Why is my... Our brain is bad. We didn't get coffee today, guys. I'm so sorry. It's and we filled day. the content piece before this. Um, G2. People are worried about G2. Generally, yeah. there's a lot of G2 sentiment here. Yeah. Uh, one O2 week ended on, uh, do we, are we concerned? Is there something to be worried about here? Where do you see G2? Obviously, it's a tight top six. Do you still think G2 are the big bad? Where, what's your thoughts on G2 at this particular moment? It's a, it's a good question. Uh, I think Caps has been playing well. Mm -hmm. One thing that I've identified a lot is Jankos' early games are odd um they've had three losses their first game against astralis i remember yankos was playing trundle he walked to gromp level three and then just died randomly and gave astralis first blood and double buffs i think he did a similar thing in the fanatic game i want to say whenever he was playing trundle he did a similar sort of thing where he just walked into the enemy jungle extremely random plays and then all hell broke loose uh again i can't remember off the top of my head what happened whether he died or whether he, he had to flash or they lost the early game pyro somewhere but Jankos' early games have been a bit miss on Trundle. I feel like he's over-forcing a little bit or he's trying to overcompensate for things. 
Um, but I don't think there's much to worry about. It's week four, right? And they just came off the back of MSI. Yeah. I think Broken Blade is playing pretty well as well. Uh, I think he's... I'm going to try to check something here, but I think he's been playing a lot of Gangplank. And I feel like Gangplank is... Yes, it's meta, but it isn't a Broken Blade champion. Um, I don't think he's been playing much Gangplank at all in his career. Um, and he's just kind of like making sure that he has... Yeah, I'm looking at like last year he played two games of Gangplank mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. lost them both uh in in spring sorry uh in season 11 let's have a look he played a lot of gangplank so maybe i'm wrong there but he's been playing a lot of gangplank i feel like g2 is just trying to find their style their meta i wouldn't be able to give you the g2 conundrum answer and be like this is what they're doing wrong this is why they're this is how they need to improve but um i feel like cap's been playing good broken blade's been playing good they've been expanding champion pools we've already seen yasuo yones we've seen a lot of gp uh cap's played so many unique champions yankos's early games the Vi, I didn't like. The well, Trundle, I don't this, like either. This, but this week in particular was just a little bit rough for Yankos, I think. And that's... They're, they're fine And there. again, it's, it's, it's a week. So I think that if this week also goes bad after the break, then you can start to be scared. You can start to be concerned as a G2 fan. But I, I think you guys should be chilling. Like, really, like, how many times... The, the one time it has sucked to be a G2 fan was the Reckless year. That was the only time that it kind of all actually all went to shit. That's kind of true, yeah. Every other time it has there's been moments where it's looked messy, there's been moments where they look at the best teams, and it's always worked out pretty well. They'll, it's like it's like G2 was always a team where it's like, even if they lose, they'll be fine, you know? And they're like the definition of that. And it always seemed to work out and they always seemed fine. Um their loss against Mad, I think Mad's draft was really good. Yeah. Uh like they had the Twitch Renata GP Wukong. Like team fights are basically unplayable mm -hmm, the second mm -hmm, you fall behind mm -hmm. this G2 with your kind of single target damage and then uh, no real front line against it. Um, so yeah, the that one extremely good draft by um, Matt. In the Fnatic series, they lost like a top 2v2 twice early and the game was over. Like I yeah. just talked about Yankos and Trundle in your stages. You lose that, that 2v2 and the game's over. Um, so yeah, I think early games, if I had to identify one weakness right now, the early games do look quite shaky. Um, if you look back to MSI, their early, early games were extremely force heavy. Like they would dive four man di against T1. They were four, five man diving bots when they've given up mid push and the enemy teams are playing on two lanes, but they just want kills, kills, kills. Um, but yeah, the early games looked a bit shaky. If they can clean that up, they'll be fine. I think uh, G2 strength is their macro and caps um and caps uh, who always just seems to pop off. Um, so I, I think they'll be fine. You know, it, it's... I think the important thing that people need to know is every single team in the entire world, every regular season, they have a drop. Now you can say 18-0 and 24-0 on T1, but eventually when it comes to playoffs or an international event, one point in that half-year period between you start the split and you finish the international that you make, you have a drop in performance. Yep. And G2's drop is now happening early summer, which is fine because they just came off the back of MSI, didn't have a huge break, and they still have no clue what they want to play or how to play. Because this whole time they've been screaming on the MSI patch, everyone else has been screaming on everything else on the on newer patch. So they've not really had as much time to figure out what they want to do. Um, T1 had dropped the series, right? They learned from it. You go you go to the T1 series, they drop it. The next series on, or the series after that, they're first picking Seraphine because they learned from it. I think G2 have a lot to take away. And um, I think they're also one of their biggest strengths has been Dylan Falco, actually. I think Dylan Falco's drafts Draft this year have genius. been crazy good. Genius. Um, so Definitely in spring. Pretty solid in summer, but spring was like the clinic, especially going into playoffs and MSI. Like, I just realized I went on like a five-minute G2 rant of like my brain figuring out and answering my own Guys, questions as I go along. This but is where if you're a coffee company and you want to sponsor this <laughs> podcast, it'd be a great time because not only would you improve the content and thus make, make it, all the fans yeah. happy, but it would be a valid 
sponsor. It wouldn't be like when I, sh- you know, if I were like, I don't know, shill for a VPN, even though I've never used a VPN in my entire life. Like I actually drink coffee. So coffee yeah. sponsors. Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, G2 Drafts. Uh, just small shout out to Dylan Falco. Maybe he doesn't get the recognition he deserves. I think at MSI, he got a lot of... We, we have talked about Dylan Falco regularly. Have we? <laughs> I think okay. if I maybe snuffed the bot lane a little bit too much. I do like the bot lane. I do you think they play well? We can talk yeah. about them more in the future. Maybe we can have a bot lane episode at some point. We haven't done one of those in a while. Yeah, get two of both of them. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I respect Dylan okay. a lot. I, I saw him do a lot of work, him and BB at, at Chalka when they were playing on Chalka, and it's cool to see a lot of the structures and systems that he built up there really transfer well to, to G2. Um... All right, here's the deal. What's the we deal? got some fun questions. We're going to get a little off topic. We're going to bring it all back by talking a bit about week four and the games to um, watch, the games that you should be keeping your eye out because it is coming, my friends. Week four, big weekend. Brace yourselves. Brace yourselves. But for now, some absolutely randoms nonsense. Buff, nerf, remove. The LEC players did it, and Mr. Jens Bjarne, Bjarne, mm-hmm. Don't think that's how you pronounce it. Rota? Rota? I don't know how you say that. Anyway, thanks for asking the question. Thanks, everyone who asked questions. Um, Do a quick, what would you buff, nerf, remove? Like uh, I always just do with the pros. Oh, I I saw the video, but I didn't actually... You get to buff one thing, you get to nerf one thing, and you get to remove one thing from the game. Buff one thing, nerf, and remove? Um, Champion can be an item, can be a system, can be anything. Well, okay, I would remove wards. That would make the game an absolute anarchy. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's pretty fun to watch. Yep, got it. Uh, I would nerf champion vision range. So you can't see as far. And I would buff the amount of bushes on the map. So the game just turns into hide and seek. Okay, I'm down. I see a world. This is my theory, right? So this is how they make... They buff 80 carries. Okay. They lower vision range, right? And how they balance that. So 80 carries are still good, right? is they make all supports have high buy items that have higher vision. So it's like a rally race and you've got the co-driver. So no, it's like he, it's like your Twitch is a sniper and he's like lining yeah. up with the 50 cal, but then your karma has to be here with her, <laughs> fucking, uh, her you know, her glasses. Yeah. Like, all right, uh, it's going to be about uh, 30, 30, 30 degrees 30, west. 30, 30, 30 degrees left. And it's like shared vision, right? So it's just yeah. like Twitch can see what they see. see. Funnier is if they can't and Twitch just has to fire Zary like style in a random direction. Like, sorry, you know, you know, you know, the I, Call a, of Duty level. There's a flaw in your logic. What's that? When we go to a tournament, yeah, the Twitch will have his mouse and keyboard, but he'll be playing like this, looking at his karma screen. Yeah, that's why I think that probably you have to have shared vision, and you can't actually do like the sniper. Like you just, you just have to be near them to leverage yeah. their vision. That sounds pretty funny. Yeah, just nerfing and buffing. I don't know. It's just something that's never been touched. Like we, vision, fundamental right? systems. Fundamental systems. Is like you never really think about how far a champion can see mm-hmm. in the river. You know. Yeah. And if you actually turn that down a lot, how funny would it be if you just walk straight past each other yeah. oh in the God. same river? Uh, that's what I would be living for. It's almost like a deathmatch hide and seek oh my god and mini maps are removed <laughs> yeah i thought you were gonna be like remove vision buff rengar no oh increase no. brush that size i thought like, you were gonna have like an agenda like a that sounds like agenda. the entrance to a horror film rengar buffed vision removed <laughs> um what a buff i would buff kanye west sorry kane i call him kanye west i would buff kane that was a bit, a bit random i'd buff kane um he's like a fine do you champion. call do you call kane yeah 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 <laughs> pick me yeah <laughs> pick me yeah that's a good idea um i haven't played kane in a while i want to play kane but i want him to be a little bit op so i feel good about myself so i'd say buff kane i'd also love to see a transformation system change i kind of like want it to be different mm. but i could rant about that for a while so i'll just say I'll you say know what could be, be cool to add to the game like what? you know how in dota you have the shopkeeper you can the, i don't know if it's like the a courier the courier that carries items to you that sounds fun 
Just every character is Orn. You just play Caitlyn Morgana, sack, 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 with a curry oh behind you. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you're the, you're, why does everything you want to do to the game just ruin the oh game? Oh, my God. The this, is why pro players, this is why you're not allowed. And then you, and then you have the, the clueless guy who's just started playing League again after being like playing from season one to season seven. He's like, yeah. surely they have to base soon, right? Oh <laughs> the clueless face. And all of a sudden, he sees they have a full item. And you're like... Dude, you've been hitting my tower this whole time, bro. <laughs> I would nerf, you know what I nerf? Champion durability. This is a way healthier state for the game, but oh my god, games are so slow when we're casting. But I just want people fights, to murder each other. The team fights are crazy good. They're, they're, they're so there's good. There's so much more skill expression. I think it is a purely positive change for the game overall, but I would really love for people to die so much more in the early game. Okay, so I don't know what I need to Give them more nerf. damage to minions and spawn the minions faster. I like it. Earth. Let's just play Earth. I would like to play Earth. That is what I am pitching. Um, remove from the game. Who do I really just absolutely? Oh my hate? god! You know what else would be funny? Is it you remove minions completely, but every thirty seconds or minutes you get an item with six minions you can throw out. <laughs> you just like five men in one lane. Do you remember the five men in one lane level one? Yeah. Like season three or two, where you had yep. like the Heimerdinger turrets, and you just like all push one lane and end. Yep. You just like all go top and throw like thirty creeps onto this one tower level one, and just get like five plates. <laughs> Bro, you're out of control. Dude, I don't know. I do. I'd remove bounties. I'll just go with the 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 people you're don't like to. This Kiana's gonna take over the game. Uh, whatever. <laughs> she needs it. I want her. She her items suck now. She needs you know. She needs something. Yeah. Given the bounties on the option. Wait, did you want to talk about week four? No, we are. I'm saying we're doing the BS and then we're doing week four. Oh, I see. Okay. okay. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna find more BS. Okay, one more, one more BS question. Um, it was a good. It was a question. Sorry, we call it BS just because it's like, oh, it's off topic. And now that we haven't got enough off topic on our own. Based um, socials. That's what it means. Make some kind of bet with Star Guardian cosplay. No, we have to stop making bets that require elaborate things. Oh uh, yeah, the Star Guardian skins are out. Star Guardian, they're coming out soon, 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 soon. Oh, oh Star out. Guardian, the sessions thing. I don't know if you guys did it. They made a Diana one. They made a Vi one. The Star Guardian. Talia Sessions is out. It's mm -hmm. super poppy. It reminds me a lot of like Porter Robinson, uh, upbeat electronic music. I think it's all usable as streamers and content creators. I would recommend if you are listening to check it out, see if you like it. If you like one of the songs, you will probably like all of the songs. It'll be in your genre, in your wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. um, okay, yeah, here we go. Ooh, wait, I've got an idea. Here, here we go. Hold on. We need to talk about your performance at the Castor Quiz. <laughs> That's a, that's a very viewed video. This is a, it's a loose episode today, guys. We're coming back. Okay, don't worry. I'll we'll be, explain we'll... myself with the caster quiz. So, I, as a caster, never learned, even as a player, I never tried to learn ability names. Uh -huh. Because when you're a pro, all you do in comms, right, is you say, like, do you have ult? Can you pop your, can we, can we just go mid and you shoot your ult? Do you have Q? Like, I'm ganking your lane away. I'm ganking Six. TF. Do you have W? How long are your W? So, I never really think about, like, you know, in, in pro comms, you don't say, I think if we fight Strike, we can just use Orn uh, Forge God to get their backline. You know, you just, you just like we need Ornold on their backline, right? That yeah. just that just sounds way more natural and way faster. So when people talk walk up to me and they're like, "Yeah, Starlight's touch," I'm like, "Dude, can you just say like the champ and the location of the button?" Passive QWER. That's all I need to know, and I know exactly what it is. I know every ability but in the game. But have you, you considered just tell me that. that people have different binds, Cadrill, and you're excluding them from the conversation? And mm. then I, I said to mm. myself, well, it makes sense that other people know it in sense, because, like, if you're a caster, well, I am a caster now. I don't know why I'm using hyperbole. <laughs> but, but casters in general, it sounds a lot more hype to say, and the call of the Forge God, you know? Rather, Absolutely. Rather than saying, and the Orn 
alt, you know. Big slappy. Um, so mean, that's my arms, that's my quote unquote excuse. Obviously, it was a horrible performance. I'm not. I'm. I'm I, this I'm is a meme. You're like up. actually defending yourself. Like oh, you're no, on trial. I, here. I'm embracing you. I'm holding. Up. I suck at champion names. If you ask me any champion name or like if you put in text what the ability is does, I've got no clue, mate. What are you talking about? But uh, if you show me a champion, I can tell you everything. You know what they do. I can give you their. You know when they're released, their skins, you know, all that stuff. But yeah, and we, we played this game. We were walking on the street and I told yeah, you we ability names. Movie. But it's funny because I don't know many ability names. So I just was like... You uh, were like Googling random shit. Yeah, I was Googling random ability names. I had no idea what any of them were and you just knew them all. And I was like, well... Play by play cast your life, bruh. That's crazy. You can thank Quickshot for that. He um, started that. That's his rise to popularity was using ability names in his casting. Revolutionary at the time. And now every caster on the face of the planet has to do it forever. So... Yeah, now I know all the ability names. Okay, well, I'm going to test you right now. All right, you test me one or two, and then we'll talk about the games this week, and then we'll wrap up. Again, loosey-goosey here this week, but don't worry not. Friday, Saturday, coverage is coming. There will be some serious League of Legends casting. Me and Kedril casting a two days. Are you ready? Yep. Above and below. Ability. Above and below? Yep. Ability. Yep. Uh... See, when you're on the spot, it's a bit difficult, isn't it? Isn't it a bit difficult? Well, I mean, above and below, I just don't mm-hmm. even... Okay, above and... Uh, above... I'll give you the second one while you're thinking, okay? Oh, I'm trying to think of what it was. I feel like I can almost... It's on the tip of my tongue. Burst fire is the other one. That's series Q. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is above and below? It's so close. What's it? It's almost like... Oh, it's in my head. Um, wait, above and below? Yeah. I don't... It's Bel- a... Belveth? Yeah. Her. Oh, oh it's, the, it's the W, right? Yeah, it is. Oh, my oh God. You're my... so good. What the hell? You actually like... Dude, I, how did you do that? Do you like dig into your brain and thought about it? I, the second I, just, I see it, I'm well, clueless. I was, well, okay. I said Belveth, right? Yeah. And then I was like... Because I didn't actually know what champion it was. Um, yeah. But I knew that because it seemed so foreign to me, it was probably Belveth because I still don't know what her ability names are. And I was yeah. like thinking what would be above and below. And I was like, well, it's not the Q because the Q is the slappy. Mm-hmm. It's not the R. Okay, last one. Ready? Yeah. Triumphant Roar. Triumphant Roar is, it's Alistair or the Rangar. I can't remember which one. It's not Alistair. It would have been Alistair E back in the day. It must be Rangar W. It's Alistair Passive. Alistair passive. Ugh, stupid Alistair passive. It okay, well, 2-1, you won the best of three. Nice. Right, I hope you right. played along at home yeah, and you got it as well. Yep. Well, I did. I got them all from that Well, one. yeah. I, Again, I, it is much easier when you're not on the spot. Uh, yeah, it's, it, dude, that quiz was hard, man. I had no clue. That said, bringing it back. Yep. This has been an all-over-the-place episode. We covered a lot of things. We've hopefully, been over the place. <laughs> hopefully, you've enjoyed our chaos. We'll drink coffee next week and we'll be focused because it'll be talking about week four. And, we'll and there'll be to games to talk about. And there'll be games to talk about. This time... We got to look ahead. So, XL. Oh, U4 MVP. U4 MVP for week three. Razork. Razork. Insane. Man, was a house for Fnatic. Uh, him and Wonder together against G2. They were absolutely dissected. If you watched the previous episode, we were so excited to cast that game. We we're like, oh, it's always a banger when G2 and Fnatic play. It's going to be. It wasn't sick. It was boring it was as hell. It was a Mad Misfits game that was a banger. It if was you missed week three, watch bang. Mad Misfits. Mad Misfits is the game you have to watch. G2 Fnatic, not very good. And not very good because... Razork and Wonder played so fantastically together as a duo. Yeah. My God, their early game was phenomenal. Chef's Kiss. I wish they had been slightly shittier, so it could have been a more competitive game, but yeah. they crushed it. Razork, Euphoria, MVP. And then Wonder said to him, I think you're a superstar. <gasps> and that's when you knew that this Fnatic ship is going to sail, baby. It floats. It floats. 
So how far are they going to sail is the question. I know. I'm shipping. Razork Wonder. There it Hell is. Hell yeah. Um, this week coming up, the games are a bit weird. It's the final week again in this round, Robin. So Vitality, tough schedule, Rogue and Fanatic, but last game both days. That one is going to be pretty intense. Misfits, big week to prove themselves. Similar story. They're on a three-game win streak. They have to play Fnatic and G2. Misfits will be right back out of the conversation as Dark Horse if they drop these two games um, because these are the teams that are we expect to be in playoffs and mm-hmm. need to do something. So really, you if, if you want to watch for big playoff games this weekend, it is really Misfits and Vitality, the two teams to watch and their respective opponents. XL, they play Astralis, they play SK. Yeah. Mad Lions, they play BDS, they play Astralis. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for worldwide games that you might want to enjoy, tomorrow, which is today, seeing as it's released on Wednesday, today. is Gen G vs. Sandbox. And this is released is that at 12. the second series? This is the second series. So this is released at 12. As this is coming out so and we're in finishing one hour, this, this series is about to happen. And the LCK is going to be Gen G Sandbox. I think Sandbox is fourth. They're mm-hmm. actually having an amazing split. Croco is smurfing uh, and Prince as well. So check out Gen G Sandbox. Later on in the week, you've got RNG LNG. It's pretty good. LNG are struggling, but it's Doinby versus Shahu. That's cool. Uh, but then you've got the certified bangers. You've got Top Esports, Edward Gaming. DRX versus T1. And then my personal favorite, V5 versus Weibo. The <gasps> Shy versus Rookie damn the brothers in arms turned against each other look at you you're so way both struggling rookies undefeated crazy banger that's on the sunday okay cool. tldr turbo bangers this weekend you're keeping your eyes on vitality and misfits unless you're a fan of any particular team and then watch those games and then yeah looking forward to some of the hype lck and lpl matches it all kicks off those sandbox gen g tomorrow that is the second today. lck series today when you are watching this it'll be today happening shortly after this podcast if you are just now watching this podcast or currently so go check that out cool twitch.tv slash lck or twitch.tv slash kdrill no i won't be co-streaming it oh yeah we have to work twitch.tv slash lck um yeah thank you everyone so much for watching this has been episode four of euphoria hopefully you enjoyed what was a very chaotic episode thank you again to everyone who tweeted at us and gave us suggestions Uh, we're coming back off vacation we're a little loosey-goosey but we'll tighten it up and we're gonna have some excellent guests next week as well as some cool topics of discussion Mm -hmm. so brace yourself there uh brace yourselves week four is coming (sighs) week five is coming week five week week four is awesome Week, week four This podcast is now going to wrap up as we descend into delirium. Thank you again for watching, and we'll see you next week. Good night. Good good evening. Good morning. Bye. Goodbye.